Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. I'm going to read from Mark chapter 11. If you have a Bible, join me. If not, it'll be on the screen. But Mark chapter 11, I'm going to read from verse 12. This is an interesting passage of Scripture. It starts with the... um, the Palm Sunday message, the triumphal entry. You know, when Jesus goes into Jerusalem, he does this journey and people lay down palm leaves, which is where we get Palm Sunday, and they sort of yell out all this stuff and they praise God. They're so excited. And then I'm going to read from verse 12. This is the next day and this is what happens. The next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Bethany is about two miles from Jerusalem. So that walk that he did on the first day, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, he, they went back the night, stayed in Bethany again, and they're doing that same journey again. He's getting his 10,000 steps up. Everyone with a smartwatch said amen. And uh, he was leaving Bethany. Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs, but there was only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. The story shifts and then it goes to a random place. In verse 15, it says, when they arrived back in Jerusalem, like I said, going from Bethany to Jerusalem, a two-mile walk, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifices. He knocked over the table of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves, and he restored Sorry, and he stopped everyone who was using the temple as a marketplace. He said to them, the scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. When the leading priests and teachers of religious law heard what Jesus had done, they began planning how to kill him. But they were afraid because of the people were so amazed at his teaching. Verse 19, that evening, Jesus and the disciples left the city. The next morning, this is the third day, the next morning, as they passed by the fig tree he had cursed, the disciples noted it, note, noticed it had withered from its roots up. What a random series of events. Jesus taught in a lot of parables. Have you read the Gospels before? And you see, a parable, we, when I taught R.I. in schools, this is the best definition that I have, and I still use it today, but it's just a story with a deeper meaning. A parable is a story with a deeper meaning, with a hidden truth, with something below the surface is a truth that we can build and apply to our lives today. This was like an object lesson. This was a living parable. Jesus is cursing this fig tree, and I just want to focus this message. I've called it the fig leaf facade. Is that a good name? I don't know if it's a good name or not. I'm not convinced. But why don't you say it? Fig leaf facade. Kim thought I should call it the fig tree facade, but didn't have the same ring. I was stuck on leaf. She was more of a tree fan. We'll leave that alone. Oh, that, that was free. That was in my notes. Sorry. It's this haircut. I look more like my dad, so my jokes become more like his. I don't know what's going on with it. Anyway, so this message comes from two places, this idea of a fig leaf facade. It comes from this passage here where Jesus curses this fig tree, but it also comes from Genesis. When we are in the creation journey, uh, God creates Adam and Eve, and and they were in this relationship, and it was really cool. And God blessed them after he created them. And in Genesis 1.28, he said, be fruitful and multiply. In Genesis 2.25, they were naked, it says. 
Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. They could eat of anything in the garden. I'm paraphrasing the story, but I'm just trying to get to a point a bit faster so you can watch the tennis. And um, so they sin. They can eat of any tree in the whole garden except for this one tree. There's this talking snake, if you've read the story, deceives them, and they, they, Adam and Eve, which is a representation of us all, chose the fruit of sin. Chose to sin and let sin into our world, and we are suffering the consequences to this day. But it was crazy about that before sin into the world, they were naked and then you know shame. Then what did they do? Genesis 3, 7. At that moment, their eyes were open and suddenly they felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. This is what I'm talking about when I say the fig leaf facade. The fig leaf facade is our fake face. The fig leaf facade is that, that Christian outlook that we portray to our world. It's the front. It's the facade. You know what? Like a facade in a house. They say it adds street value to your home. This is what I'm talking about. The look with no depth. The show but no go. The Instagram post but no life experience. The green but no nourishment in this fig tree. The appearance, but no maturity. The knowledge, but no application. It's all about the facade. I believe that Jesus cursed this fig tree because it represents this facade, this show, our fake face. And to be blatantly honest, I'm over it. Like, I'm over the facade that our world portrays. I'm over the facade that us as Christians and myself in particular, because I'm preaching to me, that I've put up that I come sometimes continually put up. I can't help but wonder, I wonder if this fig, uh, this fig leaf's facade is, is a contributing factor to where our world is now. Kim just asked Pastor Ian Pike to come and pray over our youth and that that would be the generation's why. Is that because we've failed? I, I feel like sometimes as Christians, we're so reactionary to what's happening on in our world, but the best proactive thing that we can be is to be people that would produce fruit that be less concerned about what we look like, what we dress like, how we appear in the media or in certain circles and situations and different peers, and we actually were fruitful in our faith. This message, I hope it does one thing for us. I hope it encourages us to be fruitful Christians because that is a role and that is our mandate and that is who we are meant to be. I pray that this message encourages myself and you and anyone listening later on that we would let go of our facades and start to be fruitful together. That would be, more, that would be less concerned about our appearance and more concerned about the fruit of our salvation. This fig tree, it, it gives us feelings like we don't belong. They have to fake it to make it. It leads to comparison. If people only knew. Jesus saw the street had leaves but no fruit. In Matthew 15, 8, Jesus says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are from, far from me. This is that fig leaf facade. Maybe Dr. Martin Luther King sort of knew what this in his famous speech. He said, I have a dream of my four children will one day live in a nation where they'll not be judged by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. As Christians, I relate to you, Dr. King. As Christians, we're not judged by the facade. 
We're not judged by that fake face. We're not judged by that, how many how Marys we, we say, how, many, how big our Bible is that we bring to church, how many, whether we have a cross at the end of our Instagram bio or not. That, that's not what we're judged by. We're judged by the fruit and the content of in here. This message today, I hope it encourages us to be practical about our faith and to continue to work out our salvation. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, when um, the prophet Samuel's trying to anoint the next king and he, you know, he, he goes and, and Jesse's the last son and, and it's a famous scripture there, but it says, don't judge by his appearance or height for I have rejected him. This is David. The Lord does not see the things that you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I've said this a million times before, but I pray that we would be people that would do the hard work of our hard work and that we would be not given to a facade, but would be transformed from the inside out. So why did this tree in Mark chapter 11 have no fruit? It says a little bit, it gives you a hint there about the seasons that it in, but when I do research about fig trees or a lot of trees in general, I love gardening, who's that? Yep. I'm that weird guy that would like, if my neighbor mowed my lawn, I would literally be cut. I'd be like, you cut my grass, not cool. Like, seriously, not cool. Everyone else would be like, yes, you cut my lawn, what a blessing, you know. I'd be like, get off. <laughs> I, lo- I love gardening, I don't know why. Like, if, I feel like, I was telling Kim that day, like, if I could choose one job, it would probably be a groundsman. And she's like, you're weird, hey. I'm like, no, that'd be awesome. And she's like, that's like hot in the sun. And I'm like, no, nah, look at the job satisfaction and all this. Anyway. Moving on. But there's kind of three reasons that I know of why trees don't produce fruit. And um, the first one, the contributing factor is the soil that they're in, the, soil, the condition of their soil. Um, you know, whether it's too wet, not enough water, not enough fertilizer, whether what, whatever's going on there. And this reminds me of Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3. It says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating in it day and night. Verse 3, they're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never, never wither, and they prosper in all they do. I want to encourage us, let's be planted in good soil. The parable of the soils or, or the seeds, you know, the, the famous parable that Jesus taught about, we decide which one we are. Be planted in faith. Like some, some of us, we expect our faith to grow, but we're like pulling it out every five seconds to check on it. We're uprooting our fruit because someone's got this new idea or YouTube said this new preacher and he messed my theology up so I'll rip out my faith altogether and then I'll shove it back in somewhere else and I'll rip it up and I'll shove it in over here. No wonder why our faith never has the, the time to grow. Can you imagine what that, that would be like if you're trying to grow something in your backyard and you pulled it up every second day to check on it? wouldn't grow. It's like our faith. It's under the surface. There's something good about being planted in our faith. I'm planted in the goodness of God. I'm planted in the love of God. Like Chloe said tonight, Romans 8.38, I am fully convinced that nothing can separate me from the love of God. That nothing. So I don't need to uproot my faith every time because no matter what comes my way, my faith is planted in the love of God. Be planted in faith. Be planted in church. Honestly, there's value in this. I was talking to Nath, was it? 
couple of days ago, Nate, Friday, about like just, I think when we get a bit older and youth, I'll talk to you too, it's easy to fall out of love with church. That's okay. Maybe it's happened to us all. Maybe it's never happened to you. But I can look back and I can see the values in my life of being a part of a community called church. I can see the things that it sort of saved me from, in lack of a better term. I see the value in the community of the church. I value being planted in a local church. I value friendships. And not just friendships when I feel like it, or, but I'm in long-lasting friendships that last the test of time. True people in my life that could call me or I could call them in times of need. It's hard to bear fruit if you keep uprooting your faith. Do you know what else I know about soil and fruit trees, which is weird? We put manure on them. Like, maybe it's a crapper situations. I'm allowed to say that because Pastor Ann's not in the room. Maybe it's those terrible, those poo situations that our roots go down deeper and really create an opportunity for our faith to grow and say, hey, God, I may not understand why I'm in this situation. I may not understand why this is happening to me or why I've put in this situation, but God, I'm going to trust in your goodness. I'm going to trust in your love, and I'm going to grow in this season. Through the hardest times of my life is when my faith has grown the deepest. Through the droughts where it feels like I haven't felt you, God, that's when our roots go deeper to find new living water. Can I encourage you, be planted in good soil. That psalm there said, um, be planted along the riverbank, man. Pastor K.A. this morning preached from Psalm 23. Um, What is it? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I have everything I need. He leads me besides, no, he makes me lie down green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Like, he leads me beside still waters. He has that ability for us to find water in the soil that we're in. The second reason why, why trees don't produce fruit is season. This is what it talks about in this. It wasn't the season yet. The seasons of life. I am fully convinced that in our Christian walk that there are different fruits for different seasons and we can be fruitful in every season in different areas of our life. This may not be your season for financial breakthrough. That's okay. This may not be your season for this or for this, but in this season, I believe that we can see fruit from our lives. I encourage us, take a fresh look at Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. So I think that some things that we learn in our, in our immature Christianity or in the early days, a lot of things I learned in Sunday school, I am now realizing the value of them. It's like I wanted more and I wanted more, but it's like if I can get back to basics and apply it, God, you're so good. I'll get to the fruit of spirits later, but season, it's something I talked with our Connect group about this week on Thursday night. Shameless plug, if you're not in a Connect group, please get in one. Life's better in Connect groups. But with a group of men, all different ages and different walks of life, we sat around and talked about being content and how it's like almost like a Christian discipline. And the value of choosing contentment in our lives rather than chasing the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. God, what are you teaching us in this season? What fruit of the Spirit can we grow? God, what are you showing me and what can I learn? The third reason is, especially with fruit trees and fig trees, is maturity. They're not expected to bear fruit at the start. It says that Jesus found himself hungry. There's a time... When our faith is about us, and that's okay. 
But there comes a time when our faith becomes about hungry people. Jesus found, was hungry. He found himself hungry and he looked for this tree and said, like, oh, maybe, maybe there. My prayer is that we would be people that would produce fruit, that would feed and nourish those around us. That when our friends or our colleagues or our neighbors are going through a hard time, that we could be that strength. I was rushing out of home today because I was running late and I hadn't finished this message and I was trying to reverse out the driveway and my neighbor runs across in front of my car. I'm like, oh, not today. Don't you know I've got a message to write? Don't you know I'm busy? But you know what? There's an opportunity to pray for his mum who's had a fall and is in a hospital. Are we people that have something to offer or do we send them away hungry? I don't want to be an immature Christian anymore. A facade may be okay at the start. I remember when I got serious about God. At the start, it was external change. I remember different areas. I'm like, oh, it's probably time to take out my eyebrow ring. Whoa, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I don't think that was ever cool, Caleb, but anyway. There's different times in my life where I've made different decisions for God. But I want to be someone that continually matures and grows in my faith. It's okay to have a facade at the start, but there comes a time when we need to mature, when we need to do the hard work of the hard work. Our value is not based on how good we are. Our value is based on whose we are. There is no excuse for spiritual immaturity. Spiritual maturity is not time-based. It's not knowledge-based. The other thing I've found about spiritual maturity is it's not experience-based alone. What do I mean by that? I mean this. We had a great moment in worship tonight. People received prayer on the altar and that sort of stuff. I've been in those moments and I love it. But if that's the extent to my Christianity is that I respond to an altar and somebody else prays for me, then there's more available. There's actually more than an experience of God. That's a part of it, but there is so much more depth, so much more knowledge, so much more faith, so much more than that. It's about our spiritual maturity gets to a place where it's nourishment for self. Yeah, awesome. But also for others. The true test of our spiritual maturity is our fruitfulness. So I've got two quick points for you. Number one, lose a fig tree facade or fig leaf facade. It's time to lose it. It's time to give up the people we're trying to impress. I sort of spoke about Adam and Eve, how they were naked and you know shame. They were in constant relationship with God and you know shame not between each other and not with God. I pray that this is a community, that at Highway Church, there's no shame. That there's actually no shame. There's no shame between the person sitting next to you and there's no shame with God. But he wants to meet us in the midst of that rather than going this, on this journey of covering up and hiding and God's like, what are you doing? I know what you've been through. I know where you are. He wants us to come to him. It's time to lose the fig tree facade. Perfection is not the goal. Fruitfulness is. And number two, really simple, be fruitful. Be fruitful. You see, fruit, being fruitful takes a bit of work. Well, it does. 
but it's not the kind of work that zaps us from every bit of strength and every bit of energy. I feel like fruitfulness is a natural progression when we actually allow our heart and our mind and our ways to be aligned with His. Galatians 5.22, let's read the fruit of the spirits together. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, You failed. You failed, guys. You totally failed. You weren't even patient enough to listen to me read patience. I'm just... But seriously, what kind of other, like, way of living? This is not... This is a funny motivational speech, if that's what this was. Learn patience. Really? I thought we were here to get things done quicker. Our life is so wired so that we're as productive as we can in the moment that we have, that we need to climb the ladder, that we need this stuff. We need to be someone. I need to make it happen. I need a DIY. The message of our gospel is slightly different to that. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. When was the last time that we actively decided or tried to be kind? There's a time to be kind to ourselves. Because sometimes when we're not, kind, when we're not able to be kind to ourselves, it's, we, we judge others by that same standard that we hold ourselves accountable to. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. My prayer today is that we would lose a facade and that we would be faithful. Can I pray for us tonight? God, I just pray of everyone gathered here tonight. God, I pray for those that are listening to this message. And God, I just pray, Lord, that something that I spoke about would encourage us to live a life for you afresh. God, I just pray, Lord, even right now, if you want to join me, you're welcome to join me, but God, I just repent of the people that I'm trying to be, of the person that I'm trying to be, of the people that I'm trying to please. God, I repent of a facade that I've tried to maintain. And God, I just humble myself afresh before you. God, we humble ourselves afresh before you and we ask that you would help us to be fruitful. God, that those that are seeking, God, that anyone that's hungry in our world, God, that we could be the spiritual nourishment that they're looking for. God, I thank you for the gifts that you've given everyone in this room. I thank you for the talents that you've given them. God, I thank you, Lord, for the depth of character that you've built and that you're building through the seasons that we've been through, that we're going through right now. God, I thank you that with you, nothing is wasted. And God, I just pray over your church, God, that you would give us opportunities to be the spiritual nourishment for others, Lord. God, give us opportunities to minister your love and your grace and your truth, even this week, I pray. And God, I pray, Lord, that we would be people who know who we are in you. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Thank you for your time. Why don't you welcome Kim as she comes. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.